When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Uh, excited to talk about quite a few news stories today, a few uh, stories from the games that occurred on Monday. And um, then for tomorrow's show, LJ, you want to tell everybody what will be on uh, our episode tomorrow? Yeah, so we've got a uh, our first ever split um, show, two-parter. It's going to be you know roughly an hour's worth of two-part, um, give or take, with us and the guys from the Batflip podcast. So tonight we'll be recording. We will record half of it as us, half of it under their name. So tomorrow you'll be able to get your same standard 25 to 30 minutes of content from MLB Daily, but you can also go over to Batflip Podcast, Belly Up Sports' weekly baseball podcast, and you're going to be able to hear us as well. 
And those guys do a fantastic job uh, with, with their show as well. Be sure that you're also checking them out as they cover more big issue stuff as it is once a week. Um, and they once, I, once again, they do a fantastic job. Be sure that you do check them out. But LJ, let's get right into it with... Um, we had one of probably the second most impressive pitching performance this season uh, behind Clayton Kershaw's behind Clayton Kershaw's um, seven perfect innings as Walker Bueller or as he has a nickname which we will get to in a second Walker Bueller for the Dodgers throws a complete game shutout only allowing three hits no walks and striking out 10 batters against the Diamondbacks. It is both the first complete game by a pitcher in the 2022 season, the first shutout of the 2022 season, and Walker Bueller's first career complete game shutout. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, really, again, impressive performance. It's kind of shocking that he hasn't gotten there yet, but that's part of, again, it's part of the Dodgers' brilliance. I mean, how often do they push guys too far? They know their depth. They know these guys' worth, and they're not going to waste it on silly things. So it needs to be an absolutely special performance for somebody to get this opportunity. Yeah, you're when we're talking about great performances this year, it's Carlos Carrasco, Walker Bueller, and Clayton Kershaw. I did forget about Carrasco's performance, um, but performances. Performances, I should say, um, but. You know, a Bueller, only 108 pitches, uh, very efficient last night, had no trouble working his way through this Diamondbacks lineup, which uh, is really bad. Um, it, this is. Oh, they, they sold on Merrill, Merrill Kelly. Let's be real about that. He had a great outing, too. He had a great outing against this Dodgers lineup. Absolutely. Yeah, no, again, six innings, um, three earned, four strikeouts. He currently has a 1.69 ERA on the year. This has been a very, very good start for really the only relevant pitcher on the Diamondbacks at this point. Really the only relevant player on the Diamondbacks at this point because Patel Marte has not done a lick of anything so far. He's still a name, though. Honestly, I think, at least in my head, I say they've got – well, they've got Melanson too, right? They do have Mark Melanson, yes. They have the, they have the uh, least worthy closer in the history of closing. They have Cattell Marte, they've got Seth Beer, and they've got Merrill Kelly. That's about it. Mad Bum is a mad bum at this point. Hopefully my guy Zach Gallen can get back to the form that we saw him um pitch in in 2019 and 2020 because he was looking like one of the better young pitchers in the league I believe he had like a crazy streak where he hadn't allowed like his first I want to say like at least 15 or 20 starts of his career he didn't allow more than three runs in a start um that has since been broken of course but um hopefully he can get back to a little bit of relevance because he is a promising young arm in my mind too um it's just you know, I was watching the last like three innings of this game as I was doing some schoolwork last night, had it on in the background, and it's just non-competitive at-bats. I mean, part of it is is Walker Bueller being an ace-quality pitcher, and he's really good, and the Diamondbacks don't have that many names, but he was able to really do anything he wanted um, with these batters. One of the hits does come in that last inning as well but heading into the ninth had only allowed two hits 
um, and just looked super dominant. And, you know, Walker Bueller really got overshadowed last season by just how excellent this entire Dodgers team was. He quietly had a 2.47 ERA and over 200 innings pitched. Um, Certainly a guy that is in Cy Young contention basically every year, it seems now. Um, Yeah, I feel like him, it's an interesting situation because he's just got, he has so much to compete against. Because over a full season, first off, Clayton Kershaw is still ridiculous. You've got guys on this team that are really starting to come up and produce you hope Trevor Bauer gets to play again. I mean, we need we need more time to really discuss that at some some other point in time. But I would still like to factor him into the Dodgers' plans. But you think about Tony Gonsolin, Julio Urias. Julio Urias was the wins leader on this team last year. Um, they've got he was the wins leader in the MLB. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to love in this Dodgers rotation still, still. And then you look around the rest of the National League. You got Max Fried, Ian Anderson in Atlanta. Those two guys could easily take a jump up into that level of play. There's a couple guys in Miami that are like that as well. And then you've got Milwaukee and uh, Milwaukee, New York, and Philadelphia all have multiple guys that on any given year could win the Cy Young. So honestly, Walker Buehler, just because he's in LA and you're not going to leave LA because the earning potential is immense there, the winning potential is immense there. But by being a part of that LA rotation, I don't think he's going to have the opportunity to showcase himself that some of these other guys do. And he's going to maybe luck into one or two in his career when he could win more. Absolutely. Well, um, let's stick with uh, guys in the rotation as the Astros have announced that they will be switching to a six-man rotation and Christian Javier will be that sixth guy as he has looked phenomenal out of this Astros bullpen so far this season. He's pitched he's in the three appearances he's had um, eight and a third innings, five hits, 12 strikeouts, and zero earned runs. Uh, and we saw him, you know, last year in the playoffs, he filled a really big role for this Astros team and he pitched very well um, outside of like there was one uh, appearance in the World Series where he struggled a little bit but that guy to come out of the bullpen and give you two or three innings kind of like the long guy out of the bullpen he was extremely valuable in that role and I'm really excited to see him get back into the rotation because in 2021 the few games he did start he looked very good in 2020 he started a lot of games um i believe like 10 games he started in 2020 for the astros and looked very good and the dude's only 25 years old so still a lot to work with there and interested to see um how this six-man rotation either either benefits or hurts the astros i can only imagine it would help as you give all the guys an extra day of rest um, and you're, it's not like you're, it's not like you're adding a bad person as that sixth man. No, you're not. I don't really buy into the idea of this being an actual like proper six man rotation. I mean, okay. first off, let's talk about the fact that they have 14 games in 14 days. They go two weeks without a break mm. here, coming up. And then after that, they have a huge, um, eight game road stretch before coming home for another eight games or seven games. So, you know, that's a 14 and 15 game stretches here without off days. May is like easily their most packed month 
of any, so it makes sense that they're doing it now. I don't even see them doing it for the whole time. What I think this really is about is the fact that, first off, Christian Javier is a starter. He's going to be a great pitcher in this league. They know it, and they knew, knew they had to get him into the rotation at some point. And this is also their opportunity to challenge uh, Jose Urquidy and challenge Jake Odorizzi, both guys who have pitched out of this Astros bullpen. And I could see them being pushed back into the bullpen if they continue to underperform at this point in time. I mean, Jake Odorizzi, you're talking um, – Nine innings, nine or uh, nine ERA, five strikeouts. That's not. That's just not it. And you're talking to five, five, two over fourteen with seven strikeouts for Jose Arquiti. That is not the production that this team needs out of them. It's really a lot of what's holding them back, especially when the runs aren't coming for a very good offense. So, you know, they kind of have to apply this pressure or make this change sooner rather than later if they're going to stay afloat. And something really interesting about Christian Javier, and this is a small sample size we're talking about here, but um, I saw this stat. So in the 19 career appearances he's had as a starter, he has a 20, like around a 27% strikeout rate, which is excellent. And then a 10% walk rate. Um, and when he's been pitching out of the bullpen, his walk rate has been about 2% higher at 12.1%. Um, and also, while that is a small sample, it is interesting to look at, um, you know, how have opponents fared when uh, facing him for the third time through the lineup? We talk about it a lot. It's how a lot of teams structure their, their pitching now. They, they let you get through the lineup twice, and then they're very weary, and they're very on edge to see how you do that third time through the lineup before they pull you. In the third time through the lineup in his career, opponents have batted 151 with a 377 slugging percentage. Um, so there's certainly no question that he can handle uh, going through a lineup uh, or uh, getting into a lineup for the third time. Um, and, you know, like you said, Jake Odorizzi has struggled for like the second year in a row to start. And let's not forget, Lance McCullers will be returning. Um, not long, I would say, hopefully early June, um, we can expect him back. And then we'll have to see exactly um, where the Astros go from there. But overall, I don't think this is a bad move whatsoever. I think it was kind of inevitable that if Javier pitched well to start the season, he would end up in this rotation, which seems pretty loaded now once they get Lance McCullers back. Absolutely. Um, now that we've given the Astros there do. Let's move back over to the National League, well, sort of the National League. This guy doesn't have a team right now, but we haven't gotten a chance to talk about Michael Conforto yet. Brandon, he underwent um, just last week on the 23rd, last weekend, he underwent season-ending shoulder sur surgery. He, of course, um, I forget what he tore, but got an injury while training on his own in January, and that is a lot of why teams are hesitant to sign this guy right now. Yeah, I, I think it's it's two things. It's one that he did have this injury, um, but they didn't reveal that he had these problems in his shoulder until like late March. Um, that's when Scott Boris finally came out and said, "Yeah, he does have some issues with his shoulder." Um, he was looking for a lot of money. Remember, he the Mets offered him that that qualifying offer, which he could have accepted, which is a one year, eighteen million dollar deal. Um, 
Yeah, it's pretty good money. Um, like Michael Conforto also, like, he's good, but he's not the guy, he's the type of guy that gets underrated. Yeah. So on the market, those guys don't get the big bucks anymore. And, you know, with Scott Boris as, as your agent, um, especially after kind of a down year in 2021, um, teams teams know Scott Boris is just out there to get, you know, he. it seems like his guys always get overpaid a little bit. And, you know, I, I'm really struggling right now to think of a team that, that would have been willing to give him like a four or five year deal for I don't know what he was probably wanting probably like five years a hundred million dollars would would be a fair estimate for his keep services mind, keep in mind that estimate which I do agree is fair is only two off the qualifying offer two million a year yeah exactly um which he did turn down of course um and you know there was the teams that were interested it says on this list here Marlins Blue Jays Yankees Rockies Diamondbacks and Padres um, and then closer to the season I guess up to a dozen teams did check in on him um, but he will be out for the entire season um, as he had to go undergo this shoulder surgery and you know, he's going to definitely take a contract worth a lot less when he returns. But this is still a guy who's 29 now. So he'll be 30 next year around this time. And, you know, where do you go from, from here if you're a team? I mean, he still has value and is a fantastic hitter, um, especially as a lefty. You can slot in your, your lineup. He, he matches up very well against right-handed pitching. And if I believe for his career, his splits really aren't that bad against left-handed pitching. Uh, I mean, it, it certainly could be better, but it's not the worst. Um, you know, where do you go from, from here if you're both uh, Michael Conforto and another team who could use a corner outfielder, LJ? Um, if you're a team, you're just very, very weary. You know, you're talking a one-year deal next next year. You're not, no, one, no one should be signing him, even if you get that... Unless you can get him to sign one of those, you know, the uh, Ken Giles type deal that he signed in, uh, was that in Seattle that he signed that, where he uh, agreed to a two-year deal with the team knowing he was having Tommy, had Tommy John and was going to miss that first year, just so that yes. on a cheaper deal, he gets the consistent job security during that whole section. He gets all the medical work and everything. And we're still waiting for him to come back. He should be back at some point yeah. uh, here so, this year. Unless you can get him to do that right now, then you don't sign him until next this summer, this winter, and you wait and see. You got to really judge him, medically evaluate him. Is this guy worth any form of money at this point? If I'm Conforto, again, I'm jumping on the first, um, the first deal that gives me a good opportunity to show myself. You know, you don't want to be in... I mean, he's obviously not going to go to the Dodgers, but like a Dodgers-esque situation where there's a ton of great hitters on this on the team, and you can easily be overshadowed because your goal should be to go out into the next off season and get your money, get your larger contract after taking that um, that one-year deal. That that should be the primary focus is putting himself in a position to look good going into the next season. But we can't before we jump off this. We cannot bury the lead on this, which is the fact that Michael Conforto blew this. He's the one who screwed this all up, and frankly, this should be a lesson learned for every single player that tries to maximize their potential, so to say, 
by waiting it out on the market. With the way that the market's been working the last couple of years before this lockout, most of the top guys don't sign until late January, early February. So he probably would have still been on the market when he got hurt. And when you don't have a job, keep in mind, you are losing out on team facilities, team trainers, team medical staff, the, the team medical referrals, even like, even like parts of the health insurance and stuff, you're lacking. And the more time that you're without a contract, even if that might, like for some of these guys, you're talking about a difference of like $20 million over a couple of years that you're arguing about with other teams. It, this is such a risk to keep training on your own without any team consultation or any backup from a team. It's too much of a risk. I don't, I don't see how you don't sign in the first couple of weeks of the winter because like this, this destroyed his earning potential just because he wouldn't sign before the lockout. Especially when your team is willing to give you that, that a qualifying offer, you know, a one year, $19 million deal is it's a lot of money. And if you perform, then they're going to be more inclined to, to, to uh, give you that longer term extension. So it's just, it's just a weird situation there. Absolutely. Yeah. And also keep in mind too, because he did get that qualifying offer, no team that's looking to do the two-year deal will do that until about August or late July because they have to wait until after the draft so they don't lose a pick in compensation. That would be the dumbest thing any team could do. Could you imagine losing a draft pick for a guy that's not even going to play this year? <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be pretty bad. All right, let's swap back over to the AL West real quick because I'm kind of heated. I'm sure most of you have seen this um, Mike Trout uh, check swing triple that everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's so good. How did he do that? Why are we chalking this all up to Mike Trout? First off, a lo- it takes skill to hit a baseball, but a lot of where it goes comes down to luck. And especially when it comes to triples, it is mostly luck-based. Brandon, yes, you have to be fast to get a triple in there, but you don't have to be the fastest. It's all about proper placement. Bobby Dahlbeck hit a triple the other night. I mean, he's not slow by any means. He's fast among first basements, but he's not the type of guy that you think is, oh, legging out a triple. No one legs out a triple. It's a matter of where it gets put. You put it in an awkward spot and you have some semblance of speed, you're going to be able to get to third base. Am I wrong? That's why it's so so stupid. And one of my favorite examples of this, LJ, here's a name that you probably haven't heard of in a minute. Do you remember Evan Gaddis? Oh, my gosh. Evan Gaddis, who used to play for the Astros. Um, that wasn't the name I was ever expecting you to be bringing up here. Well, this is this is actually great because I was just thinking about this. So, LJ, in his career, he had a six-year career, 2013 to 2018, a little under 2,500 at-bats. He had 12 triples, okay? And he was a catcher. In 2015, in 566 at-bats, he had 11 of those triples. So, in one season, he had 11 of the 12 triples he hit in his entire career. And this is a guy who, in that 2015 season, played 136 games at DH. So, (laughs) he wasn't even good enough to be in the field, and being in the field means you have to be show some sort of athletic ability 
and he comes out and hits 11 triples in a season. Sure, you need to be fast to hit a triple, and you need sure. to I think hit it's the more ball. Like he be slow. I would argue that he is a slow player. Okay. If when you play at a stadium like Houston, when they used to have the hill in center field, or San Francisco or Boston, where you have these weird triangles in the outfield, you hit it there. I mean, LJ, you watch a, almost every Red Sox game. How many triples do you see that happen just because they hit the ball into that triangle in right center? Almost all of the triples, or no, actually, no, I'd say about half the triples, maybe, at Fenway come from the triangle. And, like, again, the triangle is weird enough. Like, one of my favorite plays has been the, was, uh, of last season, was Jaron Duran's inside the park home run. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it went into the triangle and it was able to balance around in there just right for him. But that's a speedy guy. But again, he maybe makes a triple out of that if it is there is no triangle there. A lot of them also come from Fenway having notoriously the weirdest right field in the history of the sport. Where, like, I don't think I've seen a single person from another division go in, go and play right field there and know how to handle that. Like, it always seems, especially in the playoffs, there always seems to be something screwy that just completely ruins someone's day, and it gets stuck in the corner a lot. So those two spots, I think, are the biggest. Well, and LJ, I think your whole point when me and you were texting about this last night was that nobody cares who leads the league in triples. Like, No, if you lead the league in triples, go ahead and buy yourself a scratcher. That's my luck. Uh, you want to tell me who, who led the league in triples last year? There was three guys tied with eight. Do you even have a guess on who any of them are? I'm gonna. Mm, I'm just gonna throw Starling Marte in there. Just he was. He didn't even. He wasn't even he in the top. Like top ten. yeah. No, well, again, I was just like fast. Again, you think fast player, but it's not clearly. Also, so hey, Otani. Oh yeah, sorry. Evan Brian Reynolds, Reynolds and David Peralta. That's it. <laughs> That's again. None of them are like. They're not the speedy leg boys. No. They're just guys that get frequent at bats. And to answer your answer a little more here, Evan Gaddis, twenty fifteen, his triple year, sixty fifth percentile in sprint speed. <laughs> yeah. I believe, that, I believe that was his peak. Yes, that was his peak. It started going significantly down from there. Um but yeah. Uh Brandon, we want to move on over to the Mets before we wrap things up. Yeah, uh, the Mets almost blow a really nice start by Max Scherzer last night. Uh, they're down 2 nothing heading into the ninth inning. Scherzer went seven scoreless innings, striking out 10, only allowing two hits. Um, then they bring in Trevor May, who proceeds to blow the game, but still gets the win because the win isn't just an awful stat. Um, he goes one inning, three hits, two earned. So the Mets are down 2 nothing in the top of the ninth. Cardinals bring on Giovanni Gallegos, who proceeds to blow the game. The big hits for the Mets come from Eduardo Escobar starts it off with a single. Then Mark Canna drives him in after an error by Nolan Arenado, a very rare error by him. Jeff McNeil then doubles, and Dom Smith comes through to give the Mets a 3-2 lead. Brandon Nimmo ends up homering later in the inning. 
and gives the Mets a 5-2 lead, which they would hold on to after bringing in Edwin Diaz. I mean, if we're talking about dumb stats, like I said, the win. I mean, Scherzer goes seven scoreless, 10 Ks, leaves the believes in a 0-0 ball game, um, and then the guy who comes in and gets shelled ends up getting the win. Um, Again, it's not a perfect stat, but like, there's no better way to do it. No, you're you're right. We just shouldn't put a, uh, much weight into it whatsoever, because you just it just completely removes starts that like someone like Max Scherzer had last yeah. time. No, you're right. Either way, I mean to look at this in the bigger picture, I freaking love this Mets team. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Like this is genuinely a fun team to watch. I'm well, I'm shocked to see Lindor's power back. I think Pete Alonso is going to get it, get back on track soon. And, I mean, we're talking about him not being on track at 745 OPS. Like, yeah. He has so much more in him than a 745. And I still stand by this. This is one of the best outfield performances in the league right now. I mean, and that's with Starling Marte batting 235. That's a 300, 290, 300 hitter right there that you'll get, a, get back in um, action sooner rather than later. Love Canna, love Nimmo, just love this team, and they're beating good teams. They're winning. They're not just not losing games; they are flat out winning games. And now that now they've they've beaten the Giants, and they're on the doorstep of potentially beating the Cardinals, beating the Cardinals on the road, mind you. One one, one went away from that, doing that. Like this has to be the best team in the league. I'm still gonna stick with the Dodgers. Um disrespect you but beat, you beat the three and the four teams in my power ranking <laughs> like, uh, and they were close there for you too um one other story out of this how about miles michaelis uh look i mean he's been having an excellent start to the season for the cardinals of course he has to miss all of the 2020 season. He only pitches 44 innings in 2021, but this is a guy who was an all-star in 2018, uh, you know, over 200 innings that year, finishes sixth in Cy Young voting. And so far in 2022, in the 22 innings he's pitched, uh, only allowed three earned runs. That's a 1.21 ERA. The FIP is at 2.26. He's done a very good job of not allowing walks. He's only walked four batters and has still yet to allow a home run, which, you know, 22 innings without allowing a home run for a starting pitcher is pretty impressive to me. Um, And nice to see him have a really good start last night. Seven innings of scoreless ball against this this Mets lineup, which, you know, LJ has been talking about. It's one of the best outfields in the league, really one of the best lineups top to bottom in the league so really nice to see him get things back on track as he is you wouldn't even expect it but he's 33 years old Uh, it seems like he (laughs) grew up real quick but uh super nice to see him uh back in action and hopefully can be a big contributor to this cardinals team and the rotation um throughout the rest of the season yeah really good start really good start for my fantasy team too not gonna complain there um but yeah now this has been a good start. Yeah, this doesn't take anything away from this uh, Cardinals team. Terrific group. And again, Gallegos, you know, he gives up four, four earned tonight. Are we even close to concerned about him? No. He's he's nasty. He is him, he's really good. Genesis Cabrera's really good. 
this this a Cardinals pitching staff top to bottom when you include this this a bullpen is like a sneaky one of the best in the league. Um, especially when they got Wainwright going, Flaherty on track. Um, there's just a bunch of guys that um, I really like out of this group. But I think that's going to do it for today's show. Be sure tomorrow to not only listen to our show with the Batflip podcast guys, but also their show where we, we will be joining them. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different topics. Uh, still a lot that we can that we could have got to today, but we might as well just save it for those two shows tomorrow. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. And until then, uh, we'll see you. Have a good one. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.